Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, good evening. My name is Richard the Razor Ewing. If you're tuning in because you're trying to get your water bottle filled correctly, and you think that maybe you could get a larger water bottle, well, you are on the wrong podcast. And by the way, if you think that you're here because you're trying to figure out how to protect your garden because the chipmunks are taking the fruit and vegetables from your garden. Well, once again, you are on the wrong podcast. However, if you're trying to tune in because you want more insight into Bay Area sports and you want our view of what is correct on national sports level, you just put your game face on. I am Richard the Razor Ewing. This is Game Face. We do this as part of the Bleed Talent Network. And I have my co-host, Mike the Schumann. Mike, what do we got? Busy day. We'll talk a little Niners. We'll talk a little Raiders. And uh, I think you'd be surprised who the best college football team is in the Bay Area. Okay. Well, let's start. Well, with- Mike, I got to point out, brother, you're looking yeah. smooth with the cut. The cut is. Yeah, thank you. The and cut is. The cut is. I'm sure your wife's appreciating your look right now. I'm sure she. Uh, everybody, I think, is a little happier with it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so. Um, big game on Monday night. Uh, before we get to it, though, as we all know, the NFL season is in full swing. We're not at the game, but you can still be in on the action with Bet Online. I took the Redskins to upset the Steelers this week. Really? Well, Pittsburgh's offense isn't that good. All right. Their defense is stellar. So, they're oh. not going undefeated. Wow. And this is a team that, you know, with Alex Smith as a game manager, I figure, you know, they might be able to pull this off. And sure enough, they did. I'm a game manager, but personally, I think Alex Smith is going to be the comeback player. Oh, no question. No. And, uh, but I put my big money on that. And then the Bills were favored by three over the Niners. It got to one and two, but with the Niners favored. So I took the Bills uh, with the two points. It was like ridiculous. And I had a good weekend. So for game spreads, totals, team, I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling. I'm not. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So call to action. Head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. So. Niners uh, had played the Bills pretty well, you know, early in the game. Their defensive line didn't show up, and as a result, the secondary got burned. Uh, On offense, I thought Mullins did a pretty good job with a porous offensive line, who I think both teams were stopped on the six-inch line and back-to-back drives on the goal line. So um, I'll still give, like I did last week, Kyle Shanahan credit to do what he's doing with the players he has. Mm-mm. Then Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator, shuts the Rams down, comes up against the Bills, and it's like he's never been a defensive coordinator before. 
So two weeks ago, we were lauding him for the job of the Detroit Lions because he's from that area. This week, uh, GMs are going, oh, wait a minute. You know, he made no adjustments against the Bills. Are we sure we want to give this guy a job. So thoughts, uh, they had that, they were with him. I think they had a fourth down and 12 and Kentavious Street had a rough in the pass or the dumbest penalty of the year. And then they went up 10 and then the game pretty much was over. So uh, tough to watch. They fall to five and seven. They're probably the 10th team now and seven teams going to the playoffs. It's going to be a tough road to hoe the rest of the way. Your thoughts? Well, really, at the end of the day, it's kind of where you look at all the perspectives and you say to yourself, okay, look, if, you know, Kyle Shanahan at some point starts to take responsibility for what he's doing out there with the team, then the team starts to advance, okay? I don't see this happening at all. I feel like at the end of the day, he's still thinking that he is the guy and when he puts out a play, everybody better listen. And really, we saw this. Jeff Wilson gets a you know a crucial one-yard run. He gets stuck. Jeff Wilson is handing the ball for another crucial one-yard run. He gets stuck. And really, what does it say? It's like, hey, after the first time, what you should have done is you should have looked at it and said to yourself, okay, look, as much as I want to go up the gut, this isn't working. Our offensive line is not pushing the defensive line allowing these runners to get the hole. So what do you do? You fake the run and you stand your runners to the outside. Not to mention, what is he doing with Debo Samuel? Are you serious right now? What are you doing? You turn him to a running back? Come on, he's a receiver. Throw the that ball downfield, make him catch the football. I am so tired of him trying to make Debo Samuel a running back. It's like, it, look, at the end of the day, the Niners are five and seven, and they're five and seven because they should be, okay? Because when you are a head coach and you don't make adjustments in a game, watching your game plan go wrong, this is the end result, okay? This is what you get. And some people are asking questions going, oh, well, you know, what are the chances of the Niners going to play? Look, even if they get there, what impact can they make? You get Debo Samuel back. You get some solid players back. I get Jeff Wilson, whatever. That's good. But the reality of the matter is the depth perception of this team is still in question because you don't have everybody back. And not only do you not have everybody back, but you have to look at, as a head coach, you need to make sure that your decision-making is really going to help the team. And I'm saying right now, I don't see it. Well, all good points. They had uh, Mostert. Ayuk and Debo all back for the first time since week six. So you thought we might see some fireworks. Mostert, they kind of stuffed him. Like you said earlier, the offensive line just had a horrible game. Uh, Ayuk is the number one receiver. All right. And Debo, as I've mentioned over the years, he's more of a weapon. And I think what happens is like you're saying, Kyle gets a little overzealous of trying to use him in so many different ways on the jet sweep, like a running back you know, in motion on quick screens, you know, and I agree with you, you got to, he's getting that reputation of just getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage and teams feel like they can cover him one-on-one. Now you can't bring him down one-on-one, but they feel like they can cover him one-on-one because he just hadn't, he hadn't got enough reps down the field as a wide receiver, you know, and that's on Kyle. So um, I think he's getting, he's almost outsmarting himself. You know, like you said, when Wilson didn't get the, the area, 
a lot of head coaches like that, their ego will say, oh, you, you style, okay, watch this. We're going to run it again. You know, and he gets stuffed again. So uh, a lot of things going on there. I think with, we've talked about it last week, that with the, all the injuries and the COVID, they've had 13 players on IR, 30 players on COVID. It's just, uh, he's done a pretty good job with what he's had. And after beating the Rams last week, I think we all got excited that they're back in this thing. And then they lay an egg on Monday night football. I thought Nick Mullins played well behind that porous offensive line. They couldn't get the run game going, and their whole offense is predicated on the run game and play-action pass. So IU tried to pull him out. He made an unbelievable catch down there on the sideline, had to turn 180 and full stride and still made the catch. And he throws the ball over the top. It's a touchdown. So, um, and then on defense, they just, they had no pressure at all. And their whole defense is based on that front, and it showed with Richard Sherman. He got burnt a, a lot. And he restricts their defense because they got to play zone with him. And Kyle Allen, uh, Josh Allen, just picked him apart in the zone. Just picked him apart. So uh, a lot going on. Eric Armstead, yeah, here's a couple of stats. He's had more defensive holding penalties than sacks this year. <laughs> Niners are 0-5 when trailing at halftime this year. 4-1 when leading. Armstead, zero sacks, zero quarterbacks hit in nine of the 12 games this season. He's played 542 snaps. And uh, so we're not getting our money's worth out of him. And, you know, with uh, Nick Bosa, D Ford going down, Fred Warner's playing lights out, but one man does not make a defense. And uh, I think every, all their weaknesses kind of showed up on Monday night, you know, whether, and then Sala, like I said, you know, he had 10 head coaching jobs last week after beating the Rams. This week after losing to the Bills, people are going, hmm, is this guy inconsistent? He didn't make any adjustments again. And uh, as a result, you know, they're five and seven. Well, my whole deal is this. I got to disagree with you because I don't, I don't necessarily think that what's going on with Salah is necessarily his fault as far as adjustments goes. I think a lot of it is Salah doing what really at the end of the day what the team offers. It's like you look at the Rams game and what do you see? You see, you know, Debo Samuel coming back. You see some of the other players coming back. You see some of the you know, Raheem Mostert, you know, these other guys coming back and all of a sudden they get a win. It's like, well, why? Well, two things happen. First of all, you know, the coaching staff knows their opponent. They know the Rams. The second thing is they have, you know, the right players to make the right, you know, plays. And so what happens is this, what do we know? Sam Simpson's got great depth when everybody's healthy, okay? The problem is right now, everybody's not healthy. But in that particular game against the Rams, you had key players that, you know, whoa, is that- Say hello to my lovely bride. Is that your bride? Yeah, my lovely bride. Wait, please, no, tell her wait. She should wave at least. No, she's, okay, look. She's, uh, look. she's done enough TV in her day, go she ahead. She's done enough TV, but guess what? You're doing TV because of her, so that's why I asked her to wave, but- uh, but anyway, getting get back to what I'm saying, I'm saying that the Niners had, they had certain key figures back. And because they had, because they knew their opponent, they were able to outlast them. Did they beat the Rams? No. They outlasted them. Because you look at the score, it was 23-20, which means that game could have went anyway. So my whole take is this, is that at the end of the day, you have to look at, you know, what's important as far as moving forward. And I'm saying right now, there's no question that the Niners have depth. There's no question that the Niners are a superior team. But at the end of the day, we're looking at the NFC West, and we're looking at the NFC West, you know, from a microscope. And what do we see? We see four dominant teams that can get it done. 
Arizona. No, well, that no, no, let me finish. Let me finish. Arizona. Wait a minute. The Rams, Seattle. Okay. I said four in the nine. Okay. And I'll say this from the standpoint that if these teams were all healthy, okay, we wouldn't have the conundrum that we have. But the reality of the matter is we're in the middle of a year of COVID and we're in the middle of the year of, of injuries. And because of that, everything changes. That's the reason why these teams are beating each other up. And I said that in the beginning of the year. I told you that. I said that the NFC West is not going to be a year where they're running away with things. The NFC West is going to be a year where they're beating each other up because of the fact that they're very dominant teams and they know each other's weaknesses. And when you saw this game against the Bills, it's not necessarily that the Bills were a better team. It's just the Niners didn't have all their weapons. And the Niners didn't have all their personnel. And the Bills, what did they do? They, they knew where they could take advantage of San Francisco. So that's what they did. So in that respect, I didn't pick the Niners to win this game. I didn't. I was glad they beat the Rams, but I just did not pick them to beat the Bills. Well, the Bills are a better team right now. They, they're actually right now, contender. Yeah. And you can't use that as an excuse. Everybody's dealing with the same thing. You know, the Niners got to deal with what they have, and, you know, that's what they're trying to do. The Bills were a better team on this day. Now, the uh, NFC West, uh, Seattle lost. You know, the Giants beat them. There you uh, go. And then the Rams beat the Cards. So now the Rams are in first place tied with uh, Seattle. So it's going to be interesting down the stretch. And it looks like the Cardinals are fading a little bit. So I think the Rams and Seattle get to the playoffs in the NFC West. And uh, the Cardinals got a better chance, I think, than the 49ers with their schedule. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. So anyway, let's move on a little bit to the Raiders. One of the most unbelievable finishes, playing the Jets. Jets had them beat. Last play of the game, they got 50 yards to go. And the Jets defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, and we're still trying to figure it out. Blitzes everybody, brings the kitchen sink. Derek Carr manages to get away, just lost the ball to the end zone. Henry Ruggs runs under it, and the Raiders win the game and keep their hopes alive. Uh, real quick, the tight end Darren Waller, his best game ever. 13 catches, 200 yards, two TDs. Only three other tight ends have done that in a single game. Rich Caster, Shannon Sharp, and Jackie Smith. So congratulations to him. But Greg Williams was fired the next day. And the question was, did he do this on purpose? He despises the head coach there, Gase. I think everybody on that team does. And I, it's almost like he wanted out. You know, he says, well, the heck with you. I'm just going to bring everybody. It was like everybody was going, are you kidding me? And the Raiders will take the victory. But that was a, a game where the Jets, who were 0-11, should have won. And, you know, the Steelers were 11-0 and lost. So uh, I, I just couldn't believe it. I don't know about you. Well, I tell you something. Credit the Raiders at the end of the day, because right. I get that the Jets were in the situation they are, but at the end of the day, I who you should pay. There you go. Yeah. Listen to your well, wife, bro. You gotta pay her after fee now. Go ahead. You better, you better, because guess what? Yeah. If you don't, she's gonna come after me. And guess what? I got a wife coming after me already. I, that's enough. Yeah, for the Tuesday. Anyway. And so so my point being is this is that. Credit the Raiders, credit John Gruden, credit Derek Carr. It's like, how do you respond? You get B in a game where you probably should have won. Okay, the last game against, you know, who they were playing against. 
I can't believe Carr threw that many interceptions in that game. I was like, wow, are you serious? Okay. Yeah, he, but, yeah but this is a game they should have won. So what do you do? They win it. So credit the Raiders, credit the win, and you wake up the next day and Greg is fired from the Jets. Guess what? That's NFL football. That's it. Okay. You, well, it's not usual to get canned. No, it's not. If you if you look, you bring a defense the way you bring that defense in a in a, in a history of the NFL where it's never been done before, and you do that, and the opposing team scores on you. Unfortunately, you wake up Monday morning, you got your pink slip. That's it. Well, they shut the Raiders down the entire game. You know, so basically, so all right, uh, but that keeps them in the hunt. So we'll just say that. All right, if you were to ask somebody asked you who's the best team in college football in the Bay Area right now, would you say Stanford? No. I would like to. Cal? No. San Jose State, the Spartans, 5-0. and And what a year they're having. I'm not sure if they've ever been 5-0. and So I just want to give a shout-out to them. Stanford's 2-2, two and two, Cal 1-3. and three. And all three of these teams have to practice because of the uh, – COVID restrictions now in Santa Clara County, all three of them have to practice either out of the area. So what they've been doing since this came down, Stanford State has Washington State. They're going up to uh, Washington State Pullman, I think it is, and practicing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, playing on Saturday, coming home Sunday, doing the same thing next week against whoever they're playing. So, and I'm not sure where they're going to play their home games yet, uh, if that's been determined. Cal's doing the same thing and San Jose State. So, all these local teams, it's been tough, pro and college, having to relocate. I don't know where colleges are getting this money to go up, for instance, to Stanford to play Washington State for four days. Oh, uh, wait. No, no, no. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. We know where the college are getting this money. The colleges have the money. They've always had the money. The money for colleges has never been in question. There's people who have questioned because they didn't want to believe. And if you don't want to believe, that's fine. But we all know at the end of the day, the NCAA and these colleges, they have money. They've always now, now they've lost so much money with no fans. So uh, this that, year, this you know, year. Oh, but they're laying off you know, several. I mean, hundreds of people in their athletic department. So Mike, I disagree with you that they years, have money. Mike, how many years has the NCAA and these no. colleges taken their revenue? Come on. Dude, you don't, you don't get rid of 10 varsity sports like Stanford did if you don't have financial issues. And they have the biggest dowry of anybody in, in the nation. So there are issues there. And I'll just say I'm giving them credit for, you know, let's here's an example. 121 college football games have been postponed or canceled this year in 10 weeks. That's almost, you know, 12 a, a week 12 games a week and this was all the total money grab by all these conferences remember the big 10 and pac 12 weren't going to play football this year then when they saw the sec and the big 12 and uh you know they said oh well, we're going to get in on this so they might get six games in michigan and ohio state if i'm not mistaken has been canceled this weekend yeah so ohio state has what a four and oh record in the rank number four in the nation you're going to let them get in the college football playoffs with only four games well not yeah. to mention the fact that you got San Jose state who's five and oh and their five and oh record is in question now because well hell coastal it, carolina's ten and oh yeah but but still at five and oh and it's in question why it's not because these guys aren't playing it's because 
Well, actually, I need to recant that. It's because they're not playing because of COVID. <laughs> so, so I think I think to a certain degree, you're right. Um, but but a lot of it is still kind of where you look. I still think in the back of these guys' minds, there's a purse that's hidden. They're not bringing out. They're not talking about. And that's fine for whatever reason. But I just find it difficult to say if a, a, a franchise or a college or the NCAA has been running for 10 years where they had no problems with money one year with COVID and all of a sudden they got an issue. I'm like, well, for instance, Clemson flew to Florida state and the game ended up getting canceled the next day, Saturday cost Clemson 300 grand just to fly down there and house their kids one night. So you're talking close to maybe 500 to a million dollars a week now to get your football team ready to play another team. So uh, I would disagree. Yeah. The colleges have a lot of money, but that money goes to a lot of different places. Football funds universities, not only in athletics, but in every aspect, you know, new construction, things of this nature. So um, I, I'll just, I, I just wanted to give Sparty a shout out, 5-0, and uh, yeah, I just I mean, have confidence for these teams. Mike, Mike, that was Meredith. The Spartans being 5-0, we were talking about the Spartans, wait a minute, uh, I think almost six months ago, and we were talking about the basketball team, but at the end of the day, we got to be honest, the Spartans as a whole, Okay, and we ain't talking about just the football team, but as a whole, their whole athletic division and the whole athletic department was in question because they had not put together a winning season, no matter if it was football or basketball, for right. almost eight seasons. So, and this is what I'm talking about. Right. You know, with football, right. uh, school, especially the smaller schools, really struggle. So, and for instance, BYU was undefeated. I can't remember who their opponent was, but they couldn't play because of COVID. So, they picked up Coastal Carolina. And uh, who is also nine and zero, and Coastal Carolina beats them. Now they're ten and zero, and you got to say, well, wait a minute, they're a Division One school, they're undefeated. You're not going to let them in the playoffs, right. you know. So it's right. going to be interesting who ends up in the playoffs in college football this year. And there's going to be a big old asterisk by the champion of this year, which is the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take the asterisk, but I'm rooting for San Jose State. I really am because. At the end of the day, this, this is a franchise and excuse me, franchise, excuse me, but a, a college that has been grossly overlooked, okay, by their division for many years because of the fact they could not put together winning campaigns. And now they've managed to do so. So as far as I'm concerned, look, all hell, the Spartans. Okay, right now. <laughs> no, no question. Yeah. All right, now let's move on to the NBA. I just, you know, the Warriors are in camp like everybody else. Um, we're hearing the players talk. Draymond and Wiseman both have contacted COVID already, Draymond Green. So they're not practicing. Uh, Steve Kerr had an interesting quote today. He said that, you know, they didn't get to play in the bubble because they were the worst team in the league last year at the end. So they don't have this experience because uh, now it's back to normal procedure. They're traveling, all these teams are traveling. And, you know, I just mentioned 121 games have been canceled in college football. You wait till the NBA starts without being in the bubble. Traveling, you know, four games and seven nights in all different cities. I think the NBA is in for nothing but trouble with COVID unless, you know, this vaccine we get is taken off. And, uh, of course, high-priced athletes will probably get it before we do. But anyway. It's going to be interesting, I think, with the NBA just in general. Yeah, they pulled off the bubble, but good luck with all this travel, all these different cities, 
players being restricted and, you know, staying in their little bubble, not going out in the cities they go to. So that's going to be interesting. You know, we've already talked about what we think about the Warriors, but I think the NBA is in for a big surprise. Well, I'll tell you something. I don't disagree with you. I think you're absolutely correct. We're coming to the close, but to your point, I think the NBA is inviting this idea. You have the Golden State Warriors who had, you know, Kevin Durant with them for two seasons. They won two titles. Now he's in Brooklyn. And who do the Warriors have at the beginning of the season? The Brooklyn Nets. So, oh, is that who they open with? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's, how much more interesting could they make that? Okay, so 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 that that is going to be interesting, but I, I think you're absolutely correct, Mike. I, I think that you know at the end of the day, and and you look at what the Lakers have done with LeBron, and 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 Mr. Davis, and you look at you know the moves that they've made, and you say to yourself, okay, really at the end of the day, and you know when the Lakers won their title, they did what they could do to make their situation better going into a full season. And right now, the Lakers are in the driver's seat for the for the Western Conference, no question about it. If, if the Warriors can even come up with some type of, you know, question as far as what they're doing, that will be interesting to watch. But right now, I think just everybody, Montrezl Harrell, they picked up, and you, just everything that they've done in the offseason, the Lakers are a better team. Than what they were last year. And, you know, Golden State thinks they can be competitive. I hope they are. Uh, you know, I've listened to interviews with Steph Curry, but at the end of the day, I just kind of feel like, look, Ubrey's a nice pickup. I get that. Wiseman is the future, but. And Wiggins added about 15 pounds of muscle. So really? he's buffed. Yeah. So. But how are they going to work with his, shooting, with his shooting angle? We know well, Michael and Shooting don't work together. I think he feels like he's going to play a little three and maybe four in the small ball, so he's got to buff up a little bit. Okay, Feel well, a little stronger had, to play the four. Yeah, well, you had Wiseman and Draymond tested positive for COVID-19, so they couldn't even practice this week. Right. right. Um, so, I mean, all in all, I'm just saying that. Well, they have their first preseason game in the Chase Center, and this is what brought it up with Kerr. He doesn't know what it's going to be like playing without fans because wow. they didn't play in the bubble. So right. they have no idea. He thinks it's going to be weird. You know, it's going to be like a scrimmage. And and can you imagine what are they playing? 72 instead of 82 games maybe this year? Wow. 72 games of scrimmages? Uh, I think, you know, their TV ratings are going to be way down. You know, it's going to be like March Madness until we get to the playoffs. Nobody's going to care. And this is the whole thing. At the end of the day, Mike, this is where the COVID-19 vaccine is so pivotal because this thing comes in and it changes the dynamic of what, of what you know, the Warriors and other teams in the league are doing. Um, but one of the, 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 the key situations going on right now, which is of observance, is that the contract with Giannis not in stone yet. Dude, you're dreaming. He's not coming to the Warriors. I didn't say that. Right. I didn't say that. I didn't say he was coming to the Warriors. I'm just saying. Look, they don't and this is the thing. I don't, don't, to be honest, Mike, I'll tell you something. I don't think Giannis coming to the Warriors is the answer. Oh no, I really don't. I think I think Giannis coming to the Warriors could be a problem. No, they're uh, they got enough problems without trying to work another superstar in. Yeah, they so. don't need stars. 
They, they need saw to figure out, they need to figure out how they can win the West. Right. That's their biggest issue. In three years. Right. <laughs> we got to stop because we've gone over. My right, real quick, uh, a shout out to who's the number one ranked women's basketball team in the nation? Stanford. There you go. Okay. Tara Vanderveer once again. So, and Kate Pay, her top assistant. So, I just want to give them a shout out. You brought it up. And uh, so, anyway, it, wait a lot minute. going on and uh, a lot more to be going on. So, uh, we'll keep you posted. And the fact that Kate Pay is related to the great John Pay. That's right. It's his sister. That's right. That's right. West Coast, okay. baby. Okay. So, at the end of the day, Mike, thanks for what you brought to the table, as you always do, my brother. You bring a professional. And if you're listening right now, this is Game Face. We're part of the Bleed Town Network. We do this generally on Monday nights, but we had nine games, so we had to shift our dynamic as far as time goes. But if you tuned in right now and you want that information regarding the West Coast sports, you put your Game Face on. Thanks for listening. And once again, you can tune in anytime. Just make sure you have your Game Face on. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.